0: Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potluck Podcast. Alan Murray here, joined by my esteemed and soon-to-be Texan resident again, the great bearded wonder, Matt Hensley.
1: There's no soon-to-be about it, man. I'm here, baby. I'm here.
0: Have you you gotten the new license? No. So you're still a New
1: Mexican? Okay, yes, I am technically still a New Mexican, but I do now have a truck a sad day uh, yesterday the day before is I sold my corvette uh, for a uh, little old pickup truck and uh, I'm not too thrilled about it but I am grateful for what it will do for my pocketbook and uh, so so yeah and it's a little easier when I take you know pastors around that kind of deal. Uh, You know, falling into the Corvette, depending upon your age, is easier uh, said than done. And uh, and so, you know, getting into a truck, it's even better gas mileage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, So I guess I should be grateful, but it was a sad, sad day to say goodbye to Orbit. Uh, But yeah, we're good, but no no license yet, so.
0: Well, trucks are far more functional than Corvettes. Um, I wouldn't own a Corvette, uh, if you gave it to me, unless I could sell it and get a truck. So uh, I think you made a wide decision, and I'm, I'm glad that you're in Texas now. Uh, since we've last recorded, I went to Texas and uh, survived. I uh, got to hang out briefly with Cornut. Uh, I did not see you because you were not there yet. And so two-thirds of the potluck is in Texas now, and two-thirds was there two weeks ago. But now it's, it's forever going to be two-thirds, unless you guys can get me back to the Republic again.
1: Hey, let's go. Let's go. We can get you a church here in Collin County. That'd be even better. No, I don't,
0: I, I'm not. I'm not
1: looking to move churches. I uh, will clarify that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll send this to your deacons. But uh, so yesterday was a big day for North Carolina, but really all across the country, because I think many people uh, latched on to this initiative and that initiative is fill the tank and uh, just You know, we could talk about it, but what about this? Fill the Tank serves as a catalyst for every single church in our state to commit to fill their baptistry, their trough, their tub, or just plan to go down to their favorite river to baptize those who have professed faith in Jesus Christ. So that's what fill the tank is, <laughs> you fill up your your baptistry, your horse trough, whatever it is that you baptize your your people with. And uh, and so that was a statewide emphasis for North Carolina that y'all participated in, I believe.
0: Yeah, it, it's true. So I first heard about this at our May Board of Directors meeting. It was uh, Todd's first Board of Directors meeting with us in North Carolina, and he rolled out this initiative and asked us to uh, pledge as members of the Board of Directors of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina to commit to fill the tank. Uh, He said he'd been going around to different churches, visiting them and noticing that a lot of their baptistries were full of Christmas decorations or dust or spider webs, plants, whatever, uh, and he, you know the, the whole idea was we're not baptizing people because we don't believe there are people that need to be baptized because functionally we're we're just showing that our baptistries don't matter. And so it was an emphasis to get folks to you know clean out and uh, pray in faith, uh, not name it, claim it kind of theology, but to be, very intentional with sharing the gospel, uh, trying to see new believers be baptized or make the commitment for some, maybe they were uh, baptized as an infant. They never been baptized biblically, but put a, a strong biblical emphasis on baptism and evangelism in our state convention. Uh, myself and a couple other pastors, there was an article in the biblical quarter about it uh, within a week or two of getting back from that board of directors meeting. Uh, we had people make professions of faith and before even September, um, you know, we had a need to baptize somebody in June, uh, right after that meeting. Uh, the meeting was like that, that Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and then by that Sunday, I had a need to baptize somebody. So it was pretty cool. Uh, we baptized him earlier, and then we had a baptism yesterday. Uh, one of our kids that made a profession of faith during vacation Bible school, we baptized him yesterday. And uh, for us in the state of North Carolina, we got an email last night, uh, Sunday night asking uh, for those of us that committed to fill the tank, which was almost 700 churches in our state convention, uh, how many were baptized. And as of this morning, on Monday morning, uh, with just just 100 churches or so responding uh, to a Sunday night email, over 500 people were baptized in 100 churches. Uh, And so I'm sure that when that number comes back of, you know, the nearly 700 churches that did baptisms yesterday? Uh, that the number is going to be way greater than 500 people.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and looking at the website, so this is I think specific to North Carolina. There were 673 participating churches, and uh, and so maybe uh, a few more have signed up. But I know what was really cool yesterday, just firing me up, was seeing Nam, uh, the North American Mission Board, retweet a lot of these folks that were you know, hashtag fill the tank, that kind of deal. And I think several others were, but I was seeing those. And it was some churches that I think I saw one where hadn't had one in about a year uh, that had their first baptism. And, uh, and so I thought that was really cool just to see some of the the fruits of those efforts. And uh, and so one of the other things that I really liked was y'all's website for this, fillthetanknc.org, where there was a number of frequently asked questions. And I think you and I are in some Facebook groups where maybe... This was kind of looked down upon as a gimmick or something along those lines. And I loved how they answered that. Is baptizing someone on the spot, quote-unquote, just a gimmick? And he said, to be sure, immediate response baptism calls have been used as a gimmick by some churches. But we also know that every baptism recorded in the New Testament is spontaneous and immediate. There was never a gap between when a person trusted Christ and when that person was baptized. We shouldn't discard the biblical pattern because some have manipulated it or misused it. Uh, Jay Allen, I know maybe y'all had one perhaps planned, but did you have any pushback whatsoever with your church uh, in joining this fill the tank initiative?
0: I, I had to do some explaining about what was going on. Some folks said, you know, we don't want us to just baptize people to baptize people. And, I, you know, I, I always counsel with people before they're baptized. You know, but the, the kid I baptized yesterday, I was the one that led him to Christ. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily have to go through and, and hear his testimony and that kind of thing because I was, I was there when he received Christ, gave that invitation. Um, but I, I always want to know that somebody's actually made a profession of faith and those kinds of things. I, I do take it seriously. Um, I always have some counseling with with baptism, those kinds of things. But yeah, it, it had some pushback uh, across the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, uh, and of course across the SBC because um, you know Fill the Tank Sunday, uh, the Fill the Tank Initiative was was really a North Carolina thing. But Baptism Sunday is on the SBC calendar. Um, mm-hmm. But before Fill the Tank was a thing, it was already on the calendar, and so uh, it was neat seeing uh, Johnny Hun and some other guys uh, with Nam push it and churches across. The United States really making an emphasis as well. Uh, North Carolina, we're just innovators. We just lead the way across the convention. Uh, but it was, um, of course, some pushback. But I, I think at the end of the day, everybody's just going to celebrate the number of people who've come to know Christ and the number of people who've been baptized. There's been some amazing stories, uh, watching videos, uh, hearing testimonies and things like that. Uh, you know, for, for me, one of the ones that I baptized after making this commitment was my daughter, um, a six-year-old, another brother here in North Carolina. His child made a profession of faith. He got to baptize her yesterday. Um, and so it's just been so neat uh, seeing and hearing how God's worked uh, through our prayers. Uh, not through gimmick, not through uh, an initiative, but through prayer and proclamation of God's Word in the gospel.
1: Yeah, after all, we preach the Word and call for a response. That's really a simple equation for, or formula for how we preach. And so, uh, thank you for your faithfulness with that. I was uh, in a few churches, or I can't say a few. I was in a couple of churches this Sunday because the First Baptist Church of Plano was opening up their first uh, Sunday in their new building, which is on uh, the George Bush tollway and so forth. Great location for them, moving out of downtown Plano. And uh, and so so anyway, they are there. And so I was there kind of bringing greetings on behalf of the Colin Baptist Association. But then, I was like a total like back row Baptist because I slipped out at the end of the invitation during the pastoral prayer because I needed to make it all the way to Farmersville in time for our second service and I went there with all the intentions of joining and uh, once again Bart put me to work. Uh, We had a couple come forward to join right when the invitation started, so they're up there. He's talking to them, and then we were about to slip out. You know, you're like right edging towards the end of the pew getting ready to go and then we saw another lady come forward and so we weren't quite sure why she came forward or whatever but she had visited for a while with Bart Uh, the poor music minister is like well I guess we'll start over this you know this invitation him again because he'd already gone through five verses and so then we were able to slip out and when as soon as I got there Bart is like hey I need you to go counsel with her Uh, she's wanting to get saved So (laughs) I go down and sit with her. We start counseling, walk through all that. She's trusted in in Jesus. And uh, so a great day for First Farmersville with nine uh, coming forward that will become members. And uh, so Bart will get to baptize somebody. It won't be on Fill the Tank Sunday, but I think part of our encouragement on this whole episode will be whether it's September 12th or whatever, whatever Sunday you got, fill that tank and, and call somebody to trust in Jesus and dunk them like an Oreo cookie. So what's our Southern culture topic, Southern food topic today, I believe.
0: Yeah. Southern culture and Southern food. Those are often synonymous here on the potluck. <clears throat> As I mentioned, I visited the Republic of Texas a couple weeks ago and I had no idea how big of a deal chicken fried steak is to the people of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Here in North Carolina, I I had eaten chicken fried steak before. And, you know, I think my it's it's like Cracker Barrel experience. I'm pretty sure it's a frozen patty. Most places that's already uh, been breaded and it's just fried and some probably powdered milk gravy is put on top of it. And you you get to Texas and everybody claims they have the best chicken fried steak in Texas. Uh Um, And everywhere you go has it. I mean, we went to a kind of a Tex-Mex place one night and they even had like chicken fried steak topped with queso instead of gravy. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. And then I I went to uh, a chicken and fish place and I ordered, I ordered a a combo of like chicken tenders and like, they're like fish tenders, catfish strips basically. And it comes out with a side of gravy and some fried biscuits and I just, you know, I, now I know why the median age in the United States is as low as it is because of the people of Texas. Uh, and the down. fact, that, yeah. that, that gravy, particularly chicken fried steak with gravy, is just um, incredibly important. I think it might even be a sacrament. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it's pretty close. And the key here in Texas is that we will fry anything. If you go to the State Fair of Texas, there's fried, you name it. I mean, they even fry butter. And uh, there's fried beer and margaritas. There's fried Oreos. There's fried Snickers. There's fried uh, anything that you can think of. They will come up with a way to fry it. And uh, But yes, chicken fried steak is probably king for us. And I think my favorite chicken fried steak is probably at Babe's Chicken House, which we've mentioned before on the show. Uh, uh, Jared goes to it quite a bit i haven't been since we've been back uh, but it is some of the most tender and delicious chicken fried steak and it will hang over the plate it is so huge and uh, so we we love that uh for for sure what well, do you got anything else before we wind down uh I, I don't um just
0: don't fill your tank with gravy i, I guess that's the only no, recommendation no. Uh, I can well
1: this is mm, let me I, I need to go back and review the baptist The message. I guess water is important, but water's in some gravies. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe not gravy. When you get out, then celebrate with chicken fried steak. There you go. Have
0: a have a potluck. Bring some chicken fried steak to the potluck. All right, friends, uh, we do thank you for joining us again at another episode of the Potluck Podcast. We hope that you've had your fill and your full of chicken fried steak and full baptistries. And we hope that you'll join us back next week, same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.
1: i just got to applaud you for that. Your fill, your bowl of chicken fried steak and Baptist drinks. That was well done. Good job. It
0: it, it, it happened on the fly. Uh, well it just done. came to me. Maybe it was anointed. I don't really know.
1: Okay.